Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. So many fun things going on in the tennis world right now. On the ATP level, the French Open Wildcard Challenge has just completed on the Challenger circuit. We've got the whole clay swing going on at the 250-500 Masters level. And if you've missed out on any of that tennis, you feel yourself behind because it's easy to get behind when so much is going on. I'll ask you real quick, be sure to check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. We've got a ton of great content coming your way. Obviously, this podcast, the Great Shot podcast, the Mini Break podcast, and the What the Do's podcast. It's hard to keep track of it all now. There's too many names, but uh, you know, give those a like, rate, listen, subscribe, review. I promise if you want to keep up to date on what's going on, those are the podcasts for you. But to introduce today's Cracked Interviews guest, we are thrilled given the spirit of the NCAA tennis tournament. Last weekend, we had the opening weekend, round of 64, round of 32. We are so happy to be bringing an interview today with current TCU senior. He's a former All-American, and I should say, I believe he won his second, uh, I think I'm going to get the name wrong, and I don't want to be right, uh, <laughs> incorrect about it, but I want to say it's the, it's the something Boone Award? The Boone yes, Award? Yes, yes, sir. Pop, Pop Boone. Boone. Yes, the two-time <laughs> Pop Boone Male Athlete of the Year at TCU, Alex Rybakov. Alex, welcome to the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, and, great to be here. It's great uh, to be on. Of course. Well, let's start right there with your award, and then we can get back to your history with the game and all of that stuff. Kind of cool to be named the Papoon Male Athlete of the Year two years in a row. Yeah, man, it's it's unbelievable. Honestly, there's there's been so many great athletes this year at uh, TCU. Um, I was surprised. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Honestly, I think one of the great things um, at TCU that I love about it is that um, our tennis team and just like all the athletes respect each other so much and. Um, Honestly, tennis, we've done so well um, in the past couple of years here. and We're just highly respected program, and I, I think that's great that all the athletes um, are very tight-knit. Uh, perhaps even more impressively, and if your mother listens to this or parents, they will <laughs> love this, you are the TCU Dutch Meyer Male Scholar Athlete of the Year as well. That That's equally cool. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how I got that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I try to I, I try to do my best in school. But, um, you know, I wouldn't call myself stellar, but I, I think I do all right. So, no. yeah, I was, I was grateful for them to give me that award for sure. It's Coach Rodidi pulling off more of his magic. Right? <laughs> <Somehow> <laughs> it, it, always yeah, it might be. Up. It might be. <laughs> Well, you know, obviously, uh, the flattery is now out of out of the way from here. It's all just high critical questions to you, Alex. No, but just uh, in general, I want to real quickly look back because you guys at TCU obviously had a great opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. You guys beat a tough Harvard team 4-1. Uh, You follow that up with a win 4-1 over Arizona State in that next round. For you guys not getting a top eight seed, those being your last two home matches, what did it mean to you to go out the way you guys did? have that sort of success yeah uh it it definitely meant a lot and i think one of the things that we did really well is um we definitely didn't you know overlook those two teams we knew that harvard we had to go indoors and we knew they were very tough indoors and um arizona state you know they came to us earlier in the season and we beat them four three so we knew we knew the level of those teams going into the tournament so we knew we had to bring our best um and we were we were proud of the effort from all the guys for sure I know you have a history with the guy you played for Arizona State, Nate Pond, with someone yeah. you grew up training yeah. with. Kind of bittersweet, or was it kind of cool, actually, to get your yeah. last match against someone you knew? 
Yeah, I, I it was kind of cool. And Nate, uh, I was definitely nervous. Nate's a great player. Uh, I had a tough match against him earlier in the year. I beat him 7-5, 7-5, but it was very close. Um, and I just knew, same same with all the guys, I knew I had to bring my best in. And luckily, I got through that one. But it, it was cool. You know, I, I mean, I played I played Nate and Eddie Hur in 2009 in the 12s, <laughs> you know? So if you would have told me back then, hey, you guys are going to be playing, you know, 10 years from now in college in your last home match, it, it's just it's it's cool how it works out, you know? Shout out to you for knowing Eddie Hurt 12s matches. That's good to keep in mind when I'm doing my hey. trivia for you later. <laughs> I'm telling you, me and some of those guys go way back. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Well, then, you know, again, I, I want to just look real quickly at what your team has coming up for um, uh, in the future. You now match up in the round of 16 uh, with Mississippi State, a team I know you guys beat at the National Indoors 4-1. You guys in that match dropped the doubles point, but then just at the bottom of your lineup put together such a comprehensive performance in singles now this occasion is going to be a little bit different obviously it's outdoors and you have to travel to Starkville and you know they can definitely turn out a crowd with the best of any team uh how do you guys prepare for that match now that you know it this new round of 16 format you have to go to uh, their site play at their uh stadium uh, what do yeah, you guys do to yeah get ready I, for I think I think it was it's uh cool that they're doing it that way obviously we we're bummed that we missed out on the top eight seating that we're, um, we're not hosting that, but it's definitely going to be a cool experience. And I think that last result, honestly, at this point doesn't really mean anything. Um, their team is playing so much better now and our team is a lot better. We cleaned up our doubles a little bit. And, um, I think it's both teams just going to be a battle. You know, we both respect each other and, and there, I think, after their SEC um, season, they won the SEC, right? Yeah, no, they won yeah. the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they so did. They, they, they won the tournament. And they've been doing really well, and and so yeah, we're we're excited. We're excited. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a battle. Personally, and this is just me being a nerd. You excited for another shot at Nuna? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. with, with that. For, hey, yeah, I'm with, sure he feels the same with me because um, I. I played him in the like there was like a hidden duel in the in the beginning of the year and I beat him there and then um, we had a tight tight match at indoors and I was actually serving for the match and then I got broken and I was of a mini break in the breaker and I wanted to finish so bad but we actually we won the match before I got to finish so and now one in the nation so yeah for sure I'm looking forward to it yeah as I mentioned I remember that match Uh, my place (laughs) my play site will be turned on I'm sure I'll (laughs) Uh, but just so now let's kind of reset a little bit uh talk about Alex Rybakov the young uh aspiring tennis player Uh I know just you you trained in Boca but I believe you're originally from Plainview New York yeah yeah um I was born in um in Long Island in Port Washington and um, my family moved down to Florida when I was seven years old. My sister played tennis. She's eight years older than me, so we kind of moved down for her tennis. And so I was training with my, my dad's a coach, and I was training with my dad until about um, – my mom and dad until about 15, 16. Um, and then 16 years old, I kind of started um, tra- uh, training at USTA – and then 17, 18, I was full-time at USTA. Um, yeah, so that's... Yeah. <laughs> no, I, so it sounds like you come from a tennis family. It's not just... Correct, a... yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. And so would you say, I mean, I know now you've experienced Coach Roditi, but throughout, uh, you know, growing up at the academies, you still had your dad, your sister to turn mm-hmm. to for all of that tennis stuff. Mm-hmm. And would you say that was a benefit to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, at times, having your parents as coaches can be difficult. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> for, for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, they I can't thank them enough, um, my dad and my mom, and they're still very involved in my tennis, um, you know, not as much as, as they were before, maybe from a coaching standpoint, um, you know, they, they do communicate a lot with, with Rodidi and Devin. So they're always on the same page, but, um, in that, in that perspective, they kind of let Rodidi and Devin, um, handle the coaching aspect, but they're, they're still following a lot. So. And um, that's, you know, a testament to how you get number four in the country for an entire season. I mean, that <laughs> sort of team behind you. And this is a little stupid tangent, but I have a family who comes or plays tennis as well. Do uh-huh. you remember the first time you beat both your sister and your dad? Uh, I don't. I do not. <laughs> I do not. I do not. But they were definitely beating me for a while. I, yeah. I can tell you that much. And that, that got on my nerves. So... <laughs> They were definitely beating me for a while. I can, that's for sure. Look, if I had a lefty younger brother who had a one-handed backhand, I'd be picking on it all day. Yeah, uh, it's, it's gotten picked on a lot. <laughs> and so it's I, gotten I, picked I, on a lot. I do want to ask because it is a unique, I mean, unique game style. I guess just for all the lefties you see, you don't know mm-hmm. a lot of them with one-handed backhands. I think yeah. not not Verdasco, but Lopez lefty with a one-hander, if I'm yes. thinking yes. correctly. And there's a few more cases. Shapovalov, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's an obvious one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, just growing up, was that something, you know, when did you make the decision? Because, uh, you know, one-handed yeah. backhand when you're young, it's a tough commitment. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've always been lefty, so that was an easy decision to make. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I was um, growing up playing around eleven and twelve. My my two hander was just it just wasn't great, and it was just awkward. It was just awkward, and I hit a couple one handers, and it just felt good. And obviously, at first, it wasn't great, but we kind of stuck with it, and it worked out. Honestly, it was just way more natural for me uh, so it was just a decision that we made this may be stupid but because so many people probably attempted to pick on it for so many years do you still find players lulled into that strategy and just having people do that it's become 100 100 i think um i think just overall like you you see like oh this guy has a one-hander like the first initial thought is like, all right, like hide to the back end, you know. I, <laughs> yeah, I think course. I think that's honestly for that's what every all tennis players are like. Oh, oh he has a one hander, okay, like hide to the back end. So that's definitely for sure. Like you see people try to pick on that all the time, um, and I would like to think my forehand is pretty good. So I think <laughs> I think overall that's that's the strategy that people go for. Yeah, it, it makes sense, and obviously you having the success you've had is a testament to the work you've put into your backhand. Now, mm-hmm. you talked about making that switch at 11 and 12. Uh, was that also about the same time when you decided to move, go to the academy full-time, work with the USTA? Uh, no, I at 11 and 12, I was I was still with my, de- my parents. Um, kind of around 15, 16 was when I started training with USTA and going there. Um, and then at 16 years old is when I started training there full time. And so, do you, so until that point, I, I was still with my parents. 
And just looking back at making that transition to Boca, you know, is that something you think about still? Is oh wow, that that was such a good choice. What what do you think about that when yeah, you're looking I, back? Yeah, I mean, on they it? they USDA has helped me so much, um, especially in my junior career. Um, they helped me a lot, and and just having Tommy Paul and Riley as you know training partners, and having Diego as a coach. I think we had just such a good group, especially with. Um, the 97, 98 year just being so strong, I think us pushing each other was just, it was just so helpful for everybody. So, um, I, th- I think it was a great move and I think it was also great, um, that I had my parents, you know, I, I lived 25 minutes away from, from the center. So having my parents there as well, so I didn't have to be completely on my own was also great. And I'm sure you get variations of this question all the time, but you talk about those 97, 98 classes. For people who followed, for the longest time, it was the 98s who got all of the limelight, right? Tiafo and Kozlov were mm-hmm. yeah. at, at, at 12 as they are now, and Michael Moe and Will Blumberg, yeah. all of these guys. And then, you know, slowly but quietly, that 97 group, you, Tommy, Fritz, Riley, just yeah. kind of worked your way. Is, is that mentality, I mean, was there any sort of mentality of competition with the 98s trying yeah. to, you know, yeah, I keep think, up with I them? Yeah, I think it was, it was very, like, a source of healthy competition, you know, between all of us. I think um, we were all growing up, you know, some of us are still, like, super close, and some of us are not that close, but still, like, good friends, you know, and I think because we were so tight it was kind of like we saw each other doing well and and it was more of like a, oh like it's great he's doing well like I'm so happy for him but like oh I want that too you know so it's like kind of <laughs> like that it was like a healthy like pushing each other you know like I was always playing Tommy in practice and Riley serving huge like making me pissed off and <laughs> and it's like from like literally 12 years old on and and it's just we just kept pushing each other and I think that's how that's how you know iron sharpens sharpens iron yeah. Absolutely. And I, again, I'm sure everyone, because it is such a unique group in terms of the U.S. guys, you now see all of these guys go off to have all of this success on the pro tour. Is it fun for you while you're, you know, getting to monitor them from afar? I imagine you're sending them texts whenever they do well. Yeah, for sure. You know, honestly, at first, um, it was tough for me. That was something that I struggled with when I decided to come to college um, because, you know, I was I was decent in the juniors, and I, I really wanted to turn pro, but I just wasn't ready. You know, like, I wasn't as ready as they were. They were running Grand Slams. I wasn't. Um, and I really wanted that. And so I had, a, I had a solid freshman year, but I was looking, you know, watching them do well, and I was thinking, like, I want to be there, you know? <laughs> and, of course. And it just – it I was too invested in seeing them, like, like looking at them, what they're doing, like, oh, like this guy, he's going to move up to this and he's going to, you know, like after I ended up taking the fall of my sophomore year off and playing tournaments and I got hurt and I was playing futures and it just, it wasn't great. And um, just sitting down with my coaches and, and my parents and just like having talks with a lot of people, I just realized that I just need to, kind of stay in my own lane a little bit and as happy as I am for those guys focus on myself and and like in due time I'll be able to do that as well you know 
Well, it's a perfect segue because I do want to focus on you because you're a pretty damn good tennis player. <laughs> say. Um, but yeah, you, you get back and it sounds like the overriding theme is you have this support group you can turn to in your parents, in your sister, all of these people at USTA. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because you say you're not that good. You know, yeah, those guys were winning junior slams, but you got up to top 15 in the ITF junior rankings. You, yeah. you know, had you, you dabbled in the pro circuit a little bit, yeah. played futures at the time, yeah. won, you know, won some qualifying yeah. matches. Matches. Was it something Coach Roditi said? Was it something about you know college tennis, the team atmosphere? What appealed to you the most about the game, and why did you ultimately end up making the decision to play college tennis? Um, a big thing of it was uh, financially. Uh, I just didn't. I mean, sure. I didn't have many. Ha- didn't have many offers. Uh, you know, agencies, all that. I just wasn't. You know, like we were looking at maybe you know, 10 K a year to turn pro I, as opposed to like coming to college and having a degree worth however, however much it is, you know, TCU per year is about, I would want to say like 60 K per year, you know, so having a degree worth that much and also being able to be on a high level college tennis team with great coaches and, you know, great players and great competition. It's just, um, the way everything added up, that was definitely the better decision. Well, Getting back even to it, um, more specific, TCU in general, because you had—and for the record, on the financial side, I think that's an overriding theme. Um, You see young players have to grapple with is can I make the commitment to turn pro, balance uh, making a living? And I'm curious, is there any advice you would give to people uh, debating going to college versus going pro now that you've gone through that experience yourself? Yeah, I think think a lot of people just don't really understand, you know— like that um i just think you know there's just a big aspect of like and and when i was 18 i didn't get it either you know <laughs> i didn't i didn't <laughs> understand and number one how good co- like college tennis is very tough um you know like i didn't i don't have to tell you that i mean but people <laughs> people like you know their college people's like jj wolf is you know 278 tps winning challengers people like petros people like you know, the list goes on. All of the Virginia uh, guys, yeah. Exactly. All the Virginia guys, you know, Torpegard, like, just the, if you look over the past four years that I've been in school, like, all these players, um, that's number one. People don't realize how good college tennis is. And then number two, like, you just, I think some guys at 18 don't realize how big of a life decision that is. You know, like, college is such an experience that, it's such a unique experience that it's a, it's a once in a lifetime, like, you can play on tour for 10 years, whether you start at 18 or you start at 22. You know, you see people, I mean, I'm not going to talk about Federer because Federer is obviously <laughs> the greatest of all time. He's 37. But, there, I mean, you have a lot of people in the top 100 that are, you know, 32, 33, 34, 35, you know. So you got people playing a long time. It's, I mean, I don't, I personally don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I'm about to go and start playing right now. So, you know. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think why wouldn't you do at least a year of college? What, yeah. Unless you're winning grand slams. I, th- I like- think I think yeah. I think if you're winning challengers, and you have, you know, at 18, and you have like offers that are really tough to turn down, you know, then I then I understand for sure. You know, like, and if someone like that guy, I mean, what's that guy's name? The Fokina, the guy who's playing. Davidovich Fokina. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're that guy, you're making semis of Estoril qualifying. You're like, he's 18, he's like 150. Like, dude, like, power to you, you know? Like, 
I'm right. so happy you brought up that name because real quick, I sent this in our Cracked Rackets Slack. That's your Spanish doppelganger. He looks just like you. Does he really? <laughs> oh my! Like it's really hilarious. You got the blonde, the hair, and the face. It's it's exactly the same. Yeah, the eyes. Awesome. Uh, yeah, but that's a random thought for you. But yeah, yeah. I I, com- I completely agree uh, with your sentiment. Uh, even more specifically for you personally, for listeners of our podcast who don't follow college tennis as closely, because the ones who do obviously know this, mm-hmm. uh, your head coach David Roditi is a personality. Whether it's the <laughs> whether it's the post match messages, whether for it's sure. you know, go frogs, whatever yeah, it is, yeah, he, sure, he's got sure. it all lined up what was that like when he you know reaches out to you on the recruiting trail hey Alex come play at TCU yeah I mean I back at that time I didn't really know you know I I was I was like just looking at colleges not really sure where I wanted to go and kind of I knew I knew him from before because he he was at USTA and Carson for a little bit so I didn't know him too well but I knew he was a USTA coach I knew he was very well respected um, I'd heard a lot of great things about him and having conversations with him on the phone. Um, he'll tell you this as well. He was just so persistent, so persistent. <laughs> tell me about TCU, TCU, TCU. And I, I, I mean, I, at the time wasn't, I'm, I didn't really know. And, and finally I told him, you know, what? like, okay, fine. Like I'll, I'll come on a visit. Like, fine. Like I, I'm not gonna, like, you have my word that I won't make a decision before, before I come and visit TCU. Um, and uh, I mean, once I did, the rest is, you know. Yeah. You know, I heard a rumor, and I think you'll know who from afterwards that Cam Nori really uh, sealed the deal for you. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was him. I mean, Nori, I, 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 love, I love, I love Nori, but I, I don't know if it was him that sealed the deal for me. Uh, I think, I think it was just everything um, combined. Uh, you know, I, I came here and just talking to the coaches, seeing the campus. Um, actually, when I came on a visit, I was hanging out with the girls' tennis team because the men's tennis team wasn't here. So that's a <laughs> fun fact. coach. But <laughs> exactly. But um, just knowing some of the guys and Nori and Gia, and I knew I was going to fit in well. And, and just everything, the whole package together, really, I, I made a great decision. So now let's flash forward. As we mentioned, you were our, we talked about this before we started. You were a January start. Uh, you you fl- find yourself right in the midst of a dual match season. You come uh-huh. in from doing the homeschooled route, I believe, to now yeah. you're at you're at you know a Division One institution. What is that transition like for you, both you know on the court and then also academically, you know, personally, socially? What is that yeah. like? Yeah, I honestly I think it was fun. It was it's <laughs> it's tough. It's it's definitely tough to um, manage time at first. You definitely have to learn how to manage time between school, and you know, it's it's tough. Like you're waking up, you're going to the gym, then you're somehow eating, then you're going to class, then you're going to practice, then you're going to eat again, and then you know you're doing school, and then you start it all over again. But <laughs> there's not much time to mess around. But um, I think one of the biggest parts for me, actually, on court was the fact that. Um, you're playing one match like it's like one match on the weekend then maybe another match and then you have a whole nother week and then you're playing another match and so when you're used to playing tournaments where you're like okay like maybe first round I don't play so well and um, then I kind of like second round I'm gonna go okay now I'm feeling really good like on the you know on the courts and um, when you're having when you're playing tournaments it's just different because it's a week-long tournament you're trying to win the tournament and then you're coming to college and you're playing 
one match, then you're going to different courts and you're playing another match and then you're going to different courts. It's just, it's, it's something you need to get used to for sure. Yeah. And, you know, did coach Roditi's the bluster that he shows is, is that same way in practice was the intensity of practice, everything you expected? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm coming from USDA and having Diego Moyano as your coach. <laughs> it's not definitely, you're not going to be surprised by any sort of intensity. So, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, yeah, Devin and Raditi, I mean, on court, they've been they've been great. Um, I've been blessed to have just unbelievable coaches throughout. I mean, from my dad to Diego to Devin Raditi, just unbelievable. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious because you talk about making that transition, finding time to eat. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I did a little Instagram stalking before this. I want to be prepared. And, <laughs> you know, I feel like a freshman 15 might have been beneficial for you. And was that, you know, something at all you were monitoring? Well, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came in and when I came in as a freshman, I was I was probably sub 150 under, maybe 150 <laughs> pounds wet, soaking wet. And uh, I mean, I've I've just over four years, I've gained um, 15 pounds, if not more. So I've definitely put on a little bit of muscle and um, a little bit of other stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 honestly, I'm I'm just with my body is tough for me to put on weight, but. Yeah. I've been in the gym a lot, and it's, it's been super beneficial. That's one of the things that college has helped me with a lot is just to mature physically as well. You, you got to take it. Well, then I, I want to you know set the scene because, again, for people who aren't aware, TCU in particular is something they do so well. I would argue better, better than 99% of other college teams is just the home environment. Your home matches are rocking. You know, you unbelievable. Guys, yeah, you unbelievable. get the crowds to turn out. And so I guess two-pronged question. One, what's it like when you're playing your first match in there? And then two, how do you think your team, Coach Rodidi, has – built that sort of culture where people keep want to come uh, want to come yeah. back yeah um my first match there was i was just thinking like what how is this like what is this you know like this is unbelievable like i can't wait to play three four more years you know and in, in, in front of this crowd and um it's it's been great and and i think Rodidi does a great job uh, as you said he's a big personality with the hat and uh, you know all that just promotion in general he does a great job and we also have a great um just like our TCU family uh, the people that help with with TCU tennis they're always there always promoting the matches and um like I said our athlete community is super tight-knit uh, a lot of other athletes love to come out and just in general, I, I mean, our courts are great, a great place to watch, you know, tennis center is great. I think it's just a combination of everything. But the promotion that Roditi does is, is really great. No, it's, I mean, again, the guy is a kook. I don't, I don't get it. I it just somehow it, it all ends up working. Well then, you know, slightly serious note for this one at the end of your freshman year, and you, you know, you guys have a successful year, you end up uh, working, working your way up the lineup, I believe. And I, I think this is your freshman year where you guys end up playing Cal uh, in the round of 16 NCAAs. It's, mm-hmm. you know, an incredible four, three match. It comes down to your court. And unfortunately, you know, a Gorenson, who I think was a senior, at the time ended up yeah. getting the better of you seven five in the third yeah uh, what does a moment like that at the beginning of your college career do you know for you as a player both I, I mean I'm sure you know after you're beating yourself up but just to get that sort of experience does it help in the long run yeah I mean I was, I'm in a bad mood now after that <laughs> <laughs> no that was honestly one of the toughest moments I don't think there's anything 
worse than losing a 4-3 um, match in college tennis, especially at NCAAs. After having um, a, a good year, you know, a good year as a freshman, and and I, I had the feeling early in the year of winning a 4-3, um, and then, you know, I ended up losing that match, and um, it, it was just, it was brutal. And I just, there was one, one picture in my head that I'll never, ever, ever forget. Um, once, when I lost that match, I, you know, they were celebrating, and I sat down, and I sat down on the bench, and, you know, I had my, my face in my towel, and I looked up, and I, across from two courts, I saw Nori sitting down, who, you know, we won the, we won our doubles, and then he won his match easy, and I saw him from two courts away sitting down with his face in his towel, and I was just like, man, like, you know, like, I let him down, you know, and that, that picture in my head is what drove me for a very, very, very long time, um, especially in my sophomore year. Uh, I had a really good year, and I won a lot of matches, and honestly, that, that picture in my head was what drove a lot of my success. And even compa- in comparison with a pro match, right, it, it can't compare because the difference between, you know, pro tennis and college is you do have those teammates. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a different feeling. Uh, you know, the pros, a lot of times in big tournaments, you – you hear, you know, in, in the speeches when they win tournaments, they're thanking their team, you know, and they're like, okay, like all of this wouldn't, wouldn't have been possible without so, so, and so, you know, and, you know, my physio, all of this, you know, and, and I think in college tennis, that's where you really start to realize that um, because you have all your teammates and your coaches and, you know, um, physio, strength and conditioning, you know, all these people that are helping you on a day-to-day basis and just having that team atmosphere, it feels like you're playing for a lot more than yourself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's part of what makes college tennis, things like Laver Cup, Davis Cup, Fed Cup, so appealing is that it's just yeah. so rare to get to see tennis players compete in that team environment. But um, I, you mentioned, you know, I, the last one I kind of on something you did, so let's talk <laughs> about some positives again. Uh, getting to, uh, you know, some of that success you had, and it's not only your, uh, soft, or your sophomore year, but freshman, sophomore, junior year, you guys win the Big 12, win the Big 12 tournament. Um, and just what is it you know what is it like to go through that uh have that sort of success as a team what's it like playing in a six team conference just would yeah. you make the argument you know now that you guys have four of your six teams into the sweet 16 this year the yeah. big 12 is the best conference in the country I, i'm a little biased so i would <laughs> like to say yes but I, i'll tell you what is tough is winning the big 12 my freshman year just sophomore year junior year and then not winning it this year that sucks <laughs> <I can laughs> that's a horrible imagine. feeling so i'll tell you that much um but yeah it's been it's been great and and you know having only six teams it's definitely different you know because our our conference is not that long in our tournament you know if you're if you're a one or two seed you have a buy into the semis you know so it's not really (laughs) a tournament but um also for the past you know three years our every team has been great and this year we had at one time three teams in the top 10 Texas being one at one point, you know, so it was definitely, I, I think the conference is, has, has been super strong over the past four years. And it's a testament to the success you guys have had that, um, you know, it seems like the conference continues on the rise. Oklahoma fell off a little bit after making three straight mm-hmm. finals, but yeah. you guys, Texas, Baylor, right there to fill the gaps. Um, yeah, 100%. You, 
you mentioned your teammates, and I want to have a little bit of fun. I want to do a quick tangent here because we've talked a lot of serious tennis. Uh, I feel like for our listeners who don't know, obviously you see the college tennis match, but for most college players, 99.9% of your, percent of your time is spent with your teammates. So, Alex, I wanted to ask you a couple fun questions about your teammate. You know, you let's can throw it. some under the bus. All right, awesome. So, <laughs> uh, let's start with this first one, easy one. Favorite practice partner you've had during your time at TCU? Uh, it was Cameron Norrie. <laughs> if my memory serves me correct he said the same thing about you was it just the, the lefty thing you guys are just four hands cross court yeah yeah i think we just uh just push the same thing uh, obviously with the other guys with tommy and them we're just pushing each other uh super competitive he is always beating me me always getting pissed off that he's beating me <laughs> um but yeah just i think uh, we just grooving great rhythm just we always have great practices yeah, I, I can imagine. Well, how about this? The teammate that hooked you the most in practice. Oh, man. That is brutal. Uh, <laughs> There's got to be one. Um, man, I don't know. I feel like we're pretty... Honest group. That's what they all say. I'm, I'm bro- gonna go. I'm gonna go. With Jerry Lopez. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. He's out of college, so he won't get in <laughs> yeah, trouble. Safe yeah. one. Love the guy. Love the guy. He can throw in a couple questionable ones at times. <laughs> I like it. Well, best teammate to get dinner with? Uh, I'm gonna go with Alistair Gray. That's been my my roommate uh, past three years. Uh, like, would you also say he's the funniest teammate? That's uh, Guillermo by far. <laughs> he's not even on the team anymore. But I, I would say now it's just Luke Famba. It's just funny guy. Yeah, I mean, but, he's just so uh, he's so tall. But Guillermo is always just doing crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, I like hearing it. I'm trying to think. How about messiest teammate? Messiest? Huh. Mm. No I could one? say another clean ship. I, <laughs> honestly, every I'm not gonna lie, everyone's pretty clean. There's no one that stands That's out. Good. I mean, I'm I'm decently messy. I could throw myself under the bus there, but yeah, yeah, I'm there's. You're not gonna believe it, but there's no one really who stands out as really messy. Yeah, uh, you could have thrown any freshman under the bus there. Yeah, yeah totally throw believe. a little, little Sander, Sander, throw Sander under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> guy's a clean guy, but there's no freshman in there. Uh, I love. It. Well, how about this? This is an interesting one. The match, if you could replay any match from your time thus Ooh, far, that's a that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna say, ooh. Like replay, just like because it was great, or replay like I want to like do it over again, so I wish I could do better. Can be either. I'll take both. I mean, the replay and wish I had that chance again was hundred percent my freshman year against Cal. <laughs> yeah, get that um, four three. Yeah, and then I would say, just replay to have the moment again would be either my freshman year OU, we beat OU four three. Uh, Guille clinch just the atmosphere the crowd um, every everything about that match was unbelievable and my freshman year USC 4-3 clinch at indoors my it was first first 4-3 first 3 all that I had experienced uh, just completely different I was completely new to college tennis had no idea what was going on and then getting thrown in there 3 all somehow winning uh, saving match points was just unbelievable uh, are those the moments you'll take most those three all moments those just you know those incredibly pressure packed 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, that has just been so just unreal, so fun. Uh, what What do you think about the deuce points as preparation for the pro circuit? Just no ad scoring in general. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think so it's different. great. I think it uh, teaches you to you know value points more, play um, every point, point in, point out, because you know you get down love thirty <laughs> or love forty, all of a sudden instead of three break points, you're down four break points. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, totally. it de- definitely teaches you to. Um, value every point yeah and look I, I could talk about a bunch more of the matches you played because you really have had such an exciting college career uh but i i kind of want to focus in on you know this season with you guys the task uh-huh. at hand um as you mentioned you know you guys uh you i think when we talked in chicago you guys had high expectations for yourself with you know you coming back alistair coming back uh, yeah. reese burtis that you guys thought you could do damage and you know unfortunately towards the end of the year you have the slip up in the Big 12 championship to Baylor, yeah. uh, but still, overall, you know, two losses, I believe, in, during the Big 12 season, uh, just all of, the, you've checked off a bunch of marks. From here on in, you know, what what do you want to to end your college career? Is it make the quarterfinals? Is it succeed at the individuals? What to you would be yeah. the perfect way to cap off the season? I mean, we want to win as a team. <laughs> sure. We want to win, for sure. I, I think everybody... Um, just after after not having Nori here, after losing Nori, everybody was kind of like, oh, I don't think they're going to be as good, you know. And then we won the Big 12 again last year, and um, and then we lost Trevor and Gia, and we had we have a young team this year. I think me and Reese have um, this year we're the only people that have played a full season. You know, Alistair was in and out last year. He had a, had a tough injury and he's had an unbelievable recovery from that injury and he's playing so well right now and so happy for him and um you know Burtis was in and out last year so we had a lot a lot of question marks um coming into this year and a lot of people kind of had written us off already you know like they're not going to be as good and you know they're not going to do anything and so that that drives us for sure and I think we had a sick fall and we've you know have done so far good obviously we we would have liked to win the conference but you know it is what it is and i think we're just taking one match at a time but 100 percent, we're trying to win it all you know we don't want to sell anything short no i love it and would you consider uh going down to orlando kind of that would be your home tournament right that's that's yeah yeah i'm I'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it it's it's definitely going to be it's going to be interesting um just out of the venues that i've played ncaa's that it's it's going to be an interesting experience and the weather suits me and the courts suit me and it's, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Yeah, and to be clear for our listeners, that's not Alex being cocky. He's already clinched a spot in the singles tournament as an individual, <laughs> so he will be playing there no matter what. I'm just trying to make sure you, you don't jinx yourself there. Yeah, um, just yeah. So, you know, the karmic gods know. Um, yeah. But I am curious, uh, you know, talking a little bit, you mentioned you do have pro aspirations, and looking through your professional results, obviously uh, last summer you have the back-to-back futures wins, I believe, in mm-hmm. Buffalo and then Rod. Chester. Yeah. Uh, I think you, that Buffalo title, you're defending the Buffalo title from the year before. Yeah. Uh, given the flux that is the transition tour and just the show and whatever's going on there, was there any thought after that uh, that maybe it was your time to leave a year earlier? For you, was it always, I'm going to finish my four years, get my degree, go from there? Um, I was definitely, it was definitely something that crossed my mind 100%. Um, I think if I wasn't as comfortable 
with where I was in terms of with the coaches and my teammates and just all the people around me. And I was a hundred percent knew that that's where I wanted to be. I would have definitely crossed my mind more. Um, it was more for me. I was thinking like, okay, like unless, unless I'm in like slam qualies consistently, then I can (laughs) really, really think about it. But other than that, I just didn't think it was worth it. Um, you know, yeah. If, if, now, we, if you would have talked to me my freshman year, I probably would have had a little bit of a different mindset. <laughs> but, yeah, and maybe yeah. that speaks to uh, how good college is for you. But, you know, as I mentioned, is turning pro still, that's the next move for yeah, you? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And is that something you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's been, uh, I mean, honestly, this past week I just played um, on Saturday. That was my last match ever at TCU. Um so it was bittersweet and I've, I've loved every single minute of playing in college and, and it's, it's definitely like sad moment for me that I'm not gonna, you know, obviously I have the NCAA tournament, but after that, you know, there'll be no more college tennis for me, but, um, it's sad, but at the same time, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to put all my energy, you know, into playing pro and, and give myself that chance. Yeah, and I feel like that was kind of a somber note to end the college tennis. So I need I need one more exciting question out of you, <laughs> just specifically tennis related. Um, yeah, you know, going we talked about it a little bit earlier, but going into this Mississippi State match, you know, what is it going to take for the TCU Horn Frogs to come out on top? Uh, uh I mean, we've I had that question before, and I, at first I said preparation, <laughs> you know, and I, but we've prepared really well these past two weeks, right before NCAA's and. Now it's kind of, you know, this week is we have to prepare well and it's kind of like maintenance stuff. But um, I think, honestly, it's just at this point we have the level. It's just coming together as teammates, believing in each other and all stepping up, embracing the moment, um, you know, going after it. Their team is great. Our team is great. It's, like I said, it's going to be a battle. They obviously have home court advantage, but it's it's exciting. No, that was good. The media, the media department at TCU trained you well. Um, <laughs> yeah, safe answer. But. Yeah, exactly. That was good. But all right, do you, do you care if we uh, a little time just kind of run around a, th- a few topics real quick? No, no, go ahead. All right, awesome. So the one I want to start with, and it's an interesting one, but it feels like with the rise of tennis Twitter and just video availability streams for all of these matches, uh, particularly in college, we've seen more and more instances of, we'll call them shady calls, uh, obviously hooks, and everyone who follows college tennis knows hooking happens, but I guess I I want your perspective uh, one, do you think there's some sort of, you know, is, is it as bad as some people are making it out to be? And then two, do you think there should be some sort of punishment for players who are caught, you know, blatantly cheating and it's just, you know, it's, even if the ref misses it? Yeah, I think, um, uh, to answer your second question first, I think, I mean, if, if there's a blatant hook, I mean, if it's inside the line or on the line as, as to where it's like laughable, you know? There's got to be, I feel like, some sort of punishment for that because otherwise it'll keep happening. But um, I think it's not as bad as some people think. Um, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but there are some teams that are definitely worse than others in that department and some players that are worse than others, um, some players that are, like, known for it, you know. Yeah, but of course. I think um, – Honestly, it's it's up to the players and it's up to the their coaches as well 
you know, there, there's been times where Rodidi and Devin have overruled us as players where they're like, you know, that no, like that was in, you know, it's, it's tough, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if it's, if it's in, it's in. And I mean, if, you know, it, it's just, it's just tough, you know, to see, to see someone like, obviously there was a couple instances last year with the, with Blumberg and, and you, like, just like blatant calls. It's just, I mean, it's tough. And it's the ref. It's like, how do you not, how do you not overrule yeah. that? No, how do you not see that? So, I mean, yeah, I completely agree with you. And uh, to your point, I you hear about what te- you know, people who yeah. follow the game. You know, there are worse offenders than others. So yes, mm-hmm. it's it is an issue. That being said, and this is totally stupid. I'm sure no one with a brain <laughs> will agree with this opinion. But hooking is part of the joy of college tennis. I mean, if you're not getting one, <laughs> you know, in mental encounter between the opponents, we're not watching. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah, fun I, for the spectator. I, yeah, I mean, it's it 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 definitely it's horrible. I yeah, mean, but you're, it's you're gonna you're gonna have to like if you can't handle that, then I mean, what are you doing? You know, I mean, exactly. You're gonna it's gonna happen whether it's you know in college in futures like it's horrible you know in challengers you're gonna get calls that are in and the ref calls it out i mean it's gonna happen you know it's, it's part of like you said it's part of the game so yeah and uh, and i think it, the simple solution is once a line judge is done with their match if there's a match that's particularly uh competitive or something's going on yeah send the line judge it, yeah, there 100 percent. yeah 100 yeah, it's a, it's an easy fix it's the little 100%. things like that um 100%. all right I, I, again, getting back to your group of uh, USTA com- compatriots, competitors, however you want it, contemporaries, I think was the word I was looking for. <laughs> uh, today, Fritz, Opelka, Tiafo all get wins on the dirt. Are, yeah. Amer- are, are our young generation of Americans sneaky good on the clay? I mean, Tommy sneaky. just won the wild card sneaky. challenge. Yeah. Sneaky. <laughs> Is yeah, it I mean, it's not- Tommy, Tommy won the French and juniors, Fritz final the French. Uh, I think Riley won clay courts in like 12s 14s and something like that i mean i think i think there's been definitely a little bit we're we're pretty sneaky on the clay i I do like to play dabble in the clay a bit myself as well so Uh i I think i think it'll be it'll definitely be fun to watch um these next couple years to see you know the young guys coming up I can only imagine the lefty inside in forehands. You're yeah. <laughs> roping them around. Yeah, I, I imagine that's fun. Um, all right, and then a couple more. What uh, we kind of talked about this as well, but what do you think of the new Super Center in Orlando? Um, yeah, they've definitely built a lot of courts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's good. I've I've been there a bunch, and just they have. I like how they have the kind of like recreational side, and then they have the player development side, um, kind of off to the side as well and um I, I think it's good just the way they have everything set up with the gym and they have you know whatever you need in terms of hard courts different types of hard courts and then red clay and then um I, I mean it's just a great setup and all the staff there is great and obviously I've had um experience with them in juniors and there's a lot of the same staff still there and so I, I mean I have great relationships there and so there's honestly only good stuff that I can say about them yeah, and uh, you mentioned again. We're just kind of hitting on a bunch of random things here. You mentioned uh, we've talked about it too many times now. Your group <laughs> of people, but you also, you know, yeah. you got the win over Shapovalov in the Junior US yeah. Open. So you're yeah. you're well acquainted with this group of next gen ATP players. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think about them in general? Just what it's, what are you excited to get to? Hop, you know, put your foot in the ring full time, get to compete with those guys. Because yeah, it really yeah, does 100%. seem like a time for transition. One hundred percent. Like I said before, uh, you know. 
at times it can be tough, like watching from college and, you know, wanting to get in there as well. But, you know, everyone's got their own journey. Everyone's got their own time. And I'm just excited to go out there and, you know, get my shot and get my, my time to compete with them and, you know, see where my level is um, in terms of matching up with them. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just fun. You you slipped it in earlier, so I have to follow up on this now. You said Roger Federer, greatest of all time. I know this is a yeah. complicated argument, but do you think there's a chance Djokovic passes him in the slam count? No. <laughs> just a simple no? No, it's just, I, I don't know. Watching a watching Federer as a kid and having a one-hander and, you know, seeing him play, it's, uh, it's just... <laughs> no, no disrespect to Novak, but um, I'm going to have to give that one to Roger. I, I think the the nuanced argument that's been made before, it's Roger's the best on grass, Rafa on clay, Djokovic on hard courts, and from there, you're just kind of nitpicking. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, I, that's fair. That's yeah, I mean, just oh, the Djokovic backhand. Oh, I mean, <laughs> maybe yeah. for a guy with a one-hander, I see your priorities. But, yeah. uh, um, but all right, well, then a couple more rapid fire, and then I promise I'll let you go. Yeah. It's clear no, who yeah. your favorite tennis player is, but favorite non-tennis athlete? Odell Beckham. <laughs> Are you a Giants guy? I am. I'm oh, a Giants guy. When Daniel Jones was drafted, your reaction was not good. <laughs> 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 I like it. We can leave it there. All right, go to warm up song. Uh, mm, go to warm up song. I'm gonna have to go like hard rap, like Meek Mill. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> is is Meek Mill hard rap? Is as we sure? <laughs> <laughs> or like hard rap, like NBA Young Boy, like yeah, yeah like, like hard hard rap, like something against me. I love it. Um, yeah. All right, favorite uh, favorite tournament you've played? Uh, I'm gonna say U.S. Open, U.S. Open Juniors. Favorite surface? Red clay. <laughs> we we talked about your weight <laughs> earlier. So fa- favorite off the court meal? Huh. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna take my time and not go generic on this one. <laughs> I like it. Uh, this like, is like, a, your, like a pizza, sort of last you know, meal like thing. A, yeah. yeah. Um, there's this place in Fort Worth called Velvet Taco. Okay. I just had dinner there. Their tacos <laughs> are unbelievable. So I'm going to have to go with tacos from Velvet Taco. Uh, Velvet Taco, future sponsor of the Correct Interviews podcast. Like <laughs> um, all right. Well, then, last one here. Again, the the memory you will take – and this isn't a rapid fire, so to, you know, uh-huh. with answer however you want. The memories you will take most from TCU are? Uh, all the time with my teammates. Yeah, just Period. All the time with my teammates and playing on the TCU courts, have it if, with the crowd. If there's a girlfriend, now would be the time to shout her art. Yeah, shout yeah, her my shout, shout out. Thank you <laughs> to my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the times with my girlfriend as well. Yeah, she, uh, she's been great. I can't believe she's going to be mad at me for that one. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Look, I'm here to be your wingman. Yeah. Um, well, Alex, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to come on the Cracked Interviews podcast. Good luck yeah, to you and great. the entire TCU team this weekend in Starkville, and good luck to you throughout you know the rest of your college season. It's been a pleasure to get to watch your four years at TCU. Thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, it. Of course, and take care. We will talk to you hopefully soon. All right, have a good one.